Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music insight and opinion. Today's date is November 29th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm pleased to welcome back, excited to welcome back, the one and only Steve. Greetings. So, we're, where were you? Space Camp? I, I told people you are at Space Camp because I wasn't 100% sure. All right, so this is what happened. I'm in bowling school. We all know this. Yes. Uh, Wichita. Um, so, you know, I, I've been a professional pin setter now over there, um, interning as a professional pin setter at the Institute of Bowling in Wichita, Kansas. Um, what happened was they actually asked me to schedule the tournament. Oh, shit. It's like a kingpin type deal. I fucked it up though. I, I scheduled the tournament. I had four teams rolling on Sunday. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to roll on Shabbos. I know. <laughs> and I thought maybe that that would be in my repertoire to begin with. It's like a common unwritten rule. Yeah. Um, so I got suspended. Uh, what brings me back? I'm not allowed in Wichita for some time and I had nowhere else to go. So I came back to New Jersey. <laughs> well, I'm glad you came by yeah, here. Because, yeah. um, I mean, not that I've had an issue with any of the past co-hosts. I think all of them have done a great job. Yes. But it's nothing like getting back to like a familiar place. The flow. Well, I mean, it's not it's really that flow. familiar for you here anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot has changed since the last time you were here. Yes. You could tell everybody we are in Wichita right now. Nobody would know the difference. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was accidentally white. I had to turn back to green. <laughs> Glorious. Love it. So, have you encountered anything? Well, you've had to encounter something. So much. New or interesting so in like six weeks. Um. So it's been a great year for metal. Um, you know, so many things. Like, I, I'm not sure what you stepped on, but I mean, like, Relung released some really good yep. stuff. Um, you know, Blood Red Throne released some good stuff. Um, but what I, like, kind of narrowed in on, because it's a familiar band, um, and they put out, like, the same sound over and over, and it's, like, comforting in the weirdest way, because I like Dinosaur Jr. Um, one of those alt bands from the 90s that just mm-hmm. continues to put out the same type of indie rock. They came out with an album called Sweep It Into Space um, about a month ago. It's got 12 tracks running 45 minutes. No shit. Um, And yeah, and like Dinosaur Jr. for me, they kind of went through a weird stage where they got a little more polished, a little more uh, round on their sound, I guess you could say. And it was not the Dinosaur Jr. I'm familiar with or that I enjoy so much, like living all over you and all stuff like that. But this album, again, we always talk about this, like newer bands, like it's tough. You know, it's tough to find newer bands of an original sound that I really appreciate. Some come around and some are really good, but the older bands like are still, I guess, I don't know. I guess I just have like a level of commitment that when they put out new shit, yeah, might take a little bit for the rust to wear off to say like, maybe it's not as good as I fucking (laughs) think it is. Fear Inoculum fucking all over again. No. Yeah. No, it's still a great album. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is a good album. It's actually a good listen. I I listened to it on my drive from Wichita. It helped me through my understanding of like, wow, I fucked up. I've seen Big Lebowski so many times. It's like the one rule and I couldn't believe it. But Dinosaur Jr. got me through it. Sweep it into space 2021. (laughs) I've I've I don't want to say I've been a fan of Dinosaur Jr., but I've always appreciated Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. 
And like Jay Mascus is one of those like underrated guitar player oh, yeah. type dudes in that alternative scene. Well, just that scene in general, if you think about like the 90s scene where you get really bunched in with like a lot of grunge and stuff, but the, mm-hmm. for so many bands to be so similar, but yet so unique at the same time, like the Pixies, Dinosaur Jr., yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, even Alice in Chains for their own right. And then you had, you know, the, like like Bush got a lot of fucking hate because it was just more so of like a Nirvana style to what the, you know, was yeah. already being done. Um, but Dinosaur Jr. is just, the guitar tones, the, the production of their albums, yep. like that alone is unique in itself. I can always give that to Jay Mascus, yeah, dude. Yeah, you can know it immediately, like who that band is. And even though he did like the whole like um like noise rock thing yeah. too, it, it like his his just playing and his tone and shit was always kind of like like spot on. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of spot on, um, band had come out called the Halo Effect. Now, I don't know a bunch about this band. I just know that it's co- composed of a bunch of members of In Flames. We love In Flames. Yes, we show. do like In Flames. Older In Flames is more my brain. Well, I feel like like we kind of cover the spectrum of In Flames. I was going to say, me and you, it kind of like hits the mark in like the evolution same way with Lamb of God. Yep. You know, the eras and sense. <laughs> um, Cannibal Corpse, same way. Yep. You know, so. Um, so they released this song called Shadow Minds. I actually don't remember if... When Doug was on a previous episode here a couple weeks ago, if he had brought this up or not, but he's the reason that I found this song out. And I was like, Mm. this is pretty good. Yeah. But if he did say that and, you know, this is me just repeating something, then I'm going to have to say that I watched Lamb of God recently on YouTube playing Rockville on the 13th of November in Daytona, Florida. And it was pretty fucking sick. Okay. They opened the show with uh, Memento Mori. And dude, like, did you see that video or no? No, but dude, when that when that motherfucker comes out, it's. I was uh, gonna say because we'll watch after the show, and you're gonna be like, oh shit. I'm not gonna lie, like that's um even just thinking about that because that is a really good opening track for them. And oh, like, dude, I noticed that with bands like like Alice in Chains used to open with like Damn That River, mm-hmm. and it's just like one of those songs on an album that you don't hear as often as a lot of the hits, but like you don't really think about when you're setting up like a live set that certain yeah. songs, like depending on what they're playing, like Memento Mori doesn't open the album. No. You know, but it, it's a great opening. Dude, wait until Because Omerta has been what they've it. been doing, and like yep. that is the cliche Lamb of God opener. Yeah, you know, because it's the intro of it, and it's another yep. one of those songs smack in the middle of the album. That yeah, but that song though, we've talked about it before. Like it was like the perfect placement for that type of. It very much song. so is. Yeah, that album has like the perfect flow. I'm not gonna say album. that you know it's gonna beat Omerita as like the prime opening song it for them. A good song though to open, with. but yeah. wait until you watch the video. You're gonna be like, oh shit. Okay. Like you almost wish that you were there to watch that. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're always good live though. Yeah. They're always good. So, um, we're doing something new. We feel like the show has gotten entirely too long and kind of off the rails, so we're going to try to bring it in here a little bit. Um, the topic today is going to be influential and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Iconic. Iconic Iconic studios. Due to the fact that we are in a new studio now. Well, it's new to Steve, not really new to me anymore. (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to get to that right after we get done uh, music history. And the reason I had to like make this long winded speech is because I'm getting rid of that sound bite because honest, honest to God, like when I re-listen to the show, it's like, Oh, just do your music history. I'm like, <laughs> I have to do something and change this. But <laughs> on this day in music history, um, November 
1979. The original four members of KISS play for the last time together before their first breakup. Now, didn't they come back without the makeup? Was that when they did that? I think so. And they, what was that song? Uh, Unmasked. No, 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 no. Oh, Lick It Up. Yeah. Heaven's on Fire was Heaven's one. On fire. Heaven's that, on Fire. That music video was so fucking corny. I'm not going to lie, dude. That was the song that initially got me I, into and Kiss. I'm sure it was. You well, know? I, I remember it being on like like an ultimate 80s rock I just CD. happened in Detroit Rock City when I watched the movie. Yeah. That got me into Kiss. And then my, my dad had all my mom's old vinyls and had Destroyer. And it was funny because like Destroyer, I guess, was one of those oblivion bins for vinyl albums because like there's like fucking five of them. And I'm like, why do you have all these Destroyer albums? Then you come to find out after going on Discogs that they were collecting various pressings of yeah. Destroyer. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you can sell this one for 95 cents. It's got zero value because it was the Chinese democracy of vinyl in its yeah. time. It's Christ. Flashing forward to 2001, George Harrison succumbs to lung cancer at age 58. His final hours are spent with his wife, son, and musician Ravi Schachner at his side. Who's Ravi Shockner? I have no idea. That's not like the same Ravi from fucking Foo Fighters, right? The keyboard player? Look the- that up. Ravi Shankar. Um, All right, well, while I'm looking that up, why don't you hit us up on uh, 2014? Yeah, 13 you years later. This person. Yeah, of course, yeah, Swifties. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> replaces herself at number one on the Hot 100 when Blank Space knocks off Shake It Off from the top spot, making Swift the first female artist to do so. Um, yeah, I... I'm a weird thing. Like, again, like I'm a big person in that if music sounds good, it is good. You know, like lyrics are a big part for me. Um, You know, Taylor Swift has made her bread and butter off of poor fucking relationships. Good for her. Um, But yeah, Taylor Swift, I don't, I don't know, man. Like there's something that comes on with those songs. And I think again, it's like the time hearing it. Cause in our generation, like growing up at the tail end of our adolescence as like teenagers. Yeah. Like Taylor Swift was just becoming big. Yeah. And like her songs are catchy as fuck. It's like Kesha, like Kesha was like, and it's funny because now with like TikTok and everything, like Die Young has become like a great song because they're utilizing to like bang on people's fucking doors. Yeah. And like that song to me was like dope as shit, but I was like afraid to tell people. Well, it's funny. I was singing, um, uh, Trouble When You Trouble when you Walked In the other day and came on the radio. Yeah. And my wife's just like, what are you doing? I know, but it's like, it, th- th- that's me. I knew you, Yo, you were. Yeah, yeah you can't just, be fucking perfect. mad. Any one of, like, I tell this all the time. <laughs> any one of us can come up with a song like that, I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll write photograph and whatever. I'll laugh all the way to the I'll, bank. Yeah, I'll go be Creed at the Cowboys halftime show and fly yeah. around like that fucking <laughs> dude. And whatever, dude. Whatever. Yeah, Immortalize me. They're laughing all the way to the bed. I know. We're sitting over here talking all this shit, but the bald dude with the goddamn flying contraption at the Super Bowl is going to be more remembered than any of us. Yeah. Fucking bald <laughs> Super Bowl man. Well, maybe after the halftime we cut, show guy. Maybe after we cut the length of this show, maybe more people will be inclined to listen to us and True. there will be the bald guys at the halftime show. I want to know where that bald guy is. Do you know where that bald guy is? Because I want to know. If you do, find us on our social medias. <laughs> Get us on our social media. What do you think? <laughs> do you think that bald man is really as famous as we say he is? Um, so going back to Ravi Shankar here. Um, he was born 1920, died December 2012. He was an Indian sitarist and composer. Considered by many to be a virtuosic player of the sitar, he became the world's best-known mm. exponent of North Indian classical music in the second half of the 20th century. Yeah, it makes sense because like George Harrison's lifestyle kind of... Yeah, it says right here, um, 
1956, it began to tour Europe and the Americas playing Indian classical music and increased its popularity there in the 1960s through teaching, performance, and association with violinist Yehundi Menuhin and George Harrison. Okay. So, well, they must have been boys. Rest in peace, George, and uh, congratulations to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Weird change of events there. Uh, sorry for Kiss, I guess. Yeah, sorry for Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible career move on their part. Speaking of George Harrison, though, um, so I'll start here because I figure we could narrow this down to two um, studios that we prefer and then maybe, let's say, like narrow it down to maybe an album okay. out of those two studios that we would find to be the most recommended from our personal perspective. Ironically, I I th- one of them might come from your choices certain album. We'll get into that later. <laughs> so Abbey Road, speaking okay. of the Beatles. Abbey Road, um, just a little background on Abbey Road. So it was originally established in 1931. It was titled as EMI Recording Studio. Okay. It wasn't until the 60s when the Beatles recorded Abbey Road because that was the name of the street that the studio was on. They decided to rename um, the studio itself. And Abbey Road, like it has to be mentioned in this because it's kind of just the fucking, I don't even know how you would say this. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's like the Led Zeppelin 4 of studios. Like, it's just like that iconic, like, the thriller of studios. You know, like, everybody just knows this name. I don't care what genre you listen to. Well, it was immortalized in an album cover. Exactly. And it's funny because that album ultimately caused the name change, which is interesting because it was just, like, that album, it was already groundbreaking. The Beatles were already established, but, like, that's all it took was them to record an album there and basically say... Screw it. So just a couple, like, because another really good album that came out of that studio, um, arguably their best album, not my personal favorite, but their best album. I always have kind of a difference with that, Dark Side of the Moon yeah. by Pink Floyd. Um, and it's great because if you listen to, like, the Beatles discography, if you listen to Pink Floyd's discography, those two albums in Abbey Road and Dark Side, you can tell, have the most exquisite fucking production. There's so many sounds, like especially on vinyl. You listen to those albums on vinyl with oh, some yeah. headphones on, you're hearing shit that you didn't like, you could never hear on a digital. Like, yep. there's just so much to it. Um, Radiohead, The Benz, OK Computer also came out of there. Um, and the last one I'll name just to kind of change it up for modern times Lady Gaga's Born This Way came out of there. Really? That came out of Abbey came Road? Came out of Abbey Road. Um, and also, <laughs> just to label I thought forward, it came out of a bedroom or something. Probably. Yeah, born This Way. <laughs> Or a basement. Or a hospital. <laughs> um, but in 2010, it got listed as a grade two building, which is, means essentially that no major renovations can be done to it because there's like a big issue with like Virgin Records trying to purchase it in um, oh, the late 2000s shit. and they wind up kind of making it not a monument or a historical thing, but put it into a some sort of a law where you can't make any major renovations. That's, yeah. And, and like a lot of that had to do like Paul McCartney got involved and, you know, a lot of, of people course. like, yeah. Like, that's the thing, though. You think about it, like, you have a studio and, like, regardless, there was a lot of good things that were made there. Yeah. You have to make these kind of renovations to be able to... Continue. Yeah, to continue and to adapt with the times, because yeah. I'm sorry. That's like I'm saying. The, at this point, make it a fucking monument. Like, yeah, just, exactly. Just make it a historic relic and just let it go, because... Yeah, like the else? Phil Lennett statue in fucking, uh, yeah. you know, Ireland. Yeah. Like, you couldn't you bring the it. baby in there and try to record an album no. because it's just not going to have the capability. Like, I feel like you should be able to go in there if you're looking for that particular sound. Exactly. You know, but other than that, it's not many people are writing fucking Dark Side of the Moon out there these days. No. Yeah. Speaking of 
just straight fucking banger albums. Um, <laughs> my studio, obviously, I would love to have picked 5150 Studios, but I feel like it was unfair because the only things that were recorded there were Van Halen music and Wolfgang Van Halen's album. And that would completely ruin our budget from an hour to a half an hour because it, we would be here talking about <laughs> the wax that was used for the vinyls themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to go the next step better and I'm going to hit Sunset Sound. Great. Um, it was actually built by Disney. I didn't know this. Like, like Walt Disney like himself? Walt Disney. Oh, wow. Built it in 1958. Um, uh, it says um, Disney's early films were recorded at the studio Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, wow. and Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh, shit. So we're going to end it with the uh, the Disney shit because now we're getting into the real stuff. Oh, okay. Um, well, we're going to end with the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, over 200 gold records have been recorded at Sunset Sound. I thought that was pretty cool when I read that. Um, those 200 include Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, Iconic. Purple Rain, so good. Uh, the Doors, and The Doors' Strange Days. Um, the first four Van Halen records, and of course, the crown jewel of... The, like, this is what is like when you walk in the front door. It's like, what? Chinese democracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rock Led Zeppelin 4. Like, yeah, exactly. Chinese democracy. Chinese democracy. Like, that that studio, it would probably not even make the list if not for Chinese democracy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, fuck the, like, the perfect reverb room that they had in that studio. Yeah. And, you know, you can hear that kind of shit on albums like Pet Sounds and yes. all the Van Halen albums. As a matter of fact, if you listen to Van Halen 1, you can yeah. hear, like, that reverb on, on the guitars is from this fucking reverb chamber that's underneath the building. Oh, wow. Like, I recently watched a video on YouTube of, like, how they did the first few Van Halen records, and they show you there's just a fucking room they put a guitar cabinet in and a microphone at the other end, and they blast the shit through there, and the microphone would pick it up, and... That was their like Hall Effect reverb. That's pretty fucking. And it's shit that's like even produced to this day, and you know it's such an iconic thing that they make plugins for people to use it at home. Like if you want the Sunset Sound reverb, like here you can put it on your Pro Tools or Reaper. Walt Disney, all responsible. Disney. I would never have guessed that. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was surprised I read that. I uh, just speaking of Chinese democracy, real quick. I guess it was like the anniversary for that album the other day. It's like I follow pages on hashtags. And say, I love the internet, man, because you yeah. just see the most violently angry people about. Like, you don't need to comment on this. Like, I saw the post, yeah, and it was like a quick picture with like a little video in the background of like Axl Rose singing one of the songs from the album, and and like there was like seven comments, and I'm like, what could they be? And like three of them weren't in English, so I couldn't read it. And then there was one that was like. Uh, my favorite, like it was just like I said, my favorite, and there was a comment under it, like "What are you fucking doing?" Like, like someone was so angry that there was a person out there who had the opinion to this be the best to album. like it, and he fu- and like some guy just like I'm just picturing the guy like having his cup of coffee, scrolling through, like <laughs> like just disgusted by this album to begin with. He was probably a huge Guns and Roses fan, like yeah. waiting for the album, and just to see my favorite, yeah, cu- cups dropped. 
smashed on the ground. Spit it all over oh, the computer screen. And he screen. definitely did one of those angry texts where autocorrect took over and made yeah. it even more mad and had to delete and like just to get this like basically terroristic threat onto this man. Or when he started using voice to text. Oh yeah, he gave up. Yeah, yeah. There was no periods or like spaces or Meanwhile, he's still waiting taxes. for Use Your Illusion 3. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. And it, I just, it was great. It was like, dude, it was like 8.30 in the morning. That's so, so funny. So he just woke up horrible. Yeah, he woke up Like you gotta go, off. you gotta go back to bed you gotta just skip the whole day. It's anniversary day for Chinese. Like it's that over. literally fucked that dude's day up. Whole day up. Did you, by any chance you remember his uh, username? I don't remember. And I, I think it was just one of those moments where it's like, that I just <laughs> immortalized it in my brain. I, you know, I just didn't think it would get brought up, but now the album got mentioned and here yeah. we are talking about this strange. Individual. Shout out to the Chinese democracy guy. If you're the violent guy on Chinese democracy. No, I just, <laughs> um, so going get at in, us. Yeah, get at us. So the next one I'm going to talk about, um, because Jimi Hendrix, um, we're talking about just, you know, Van Halen, great guitarist. Um, Jimi Hendrix and Electric Lady Studio um, established in 1968. Obviously, Electric Ladyland being the Jimi Hendrix Experience album mm-hmm. um, to entitle it. So apparently what happened, Jimi Hendrix in the 60s established this place basically as like a nightclub and like renovated it into a studio. He had Stevie Wonder coming in. He was one of the most frequent artists to originally join into like doing any type of production there. Um David Bowie and John Lennon did Fame uh, through that oh, album shit. through Young Americans. Like they did, they recorded that song through there. Um, but some notable albums: Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, Led Zeppelin, Patti Smith's Horses, Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, Roots Game Theory, and then to end it with the more modern sense, Weezer's debut album, The Blue Album, also came out of there. Little known fact: you know what else was recorded in Electric Ladyland Studios? In Electric Ladyland Studios. The Gene Simmons financed. Van Halen demos. Of course. You can find them on YouTube. A lot of Kiss albums were recorded at this studio yeah. as well. If you look up uh, Van Halen Zero, I think someone put it on YouTube, name that. Yeah. It's the Zero demos. Yeah. It's literally Van Halen 1 and songs from Van Halen 2 recorded at Electric Ladyland. And you can hear the difference. What the songs like, because that's the same thing with Fame. Fame was just recorded there and then it was put onto the album. Well, no, no, no. The, these were the demos for them to shop around to record labels. Oh, shit. Gene Simmons managed Van Halen for a short period of time. So they recorded a few tracks that eventually They recorded made an entire album. On, and, like, that, that's the, the thing. When Van Halen 1 came out, dude, he had songs, like, that were basically written up until, like, 1984. Wow. Like, all their songs are, like, like old. Like, there was shit that was written, like, like before the 80s. And like the demo CD or EP would had like um, like somebody get me a doctor, uh, running with a devil. Um, that there was like there's a lot of them, but check it out Did on you YouTube. Get that? I, I guess there's probably someone that made a bootleg. Out there, like, yeah. But yeah, they were, it was Gene Simmons financed. Wow, that makes sense too because a lot of Kiss albums are recorded out of there. Mm-hmm. He probably had stake. Let's be real. It's Gene Simmons, dude. He probably had. He probably has some like controlling stake in. It's amazing to think though that Gene Simmons in like that time was that big to be able to like shop around a band like Van Halen. Because let's be real here, we're talking Van Halen versus Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> I mean, Kiss like is known enough. Kiss but, is Kiss, but Van Halen's. And I'm not even the biggest Van Halen fan, but if mm-hmm. like you had to choose which discography for the rest of your life. It'll be Van Halen. Sorry, kids. Easily. Sorry, kids. I'm not going to rock and roll all night anymore. Yeah. That's like when I hear stories like when Deep Purple used to open up for Black Sabbath. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Who's fucking... And Deep Purple was good. Don't get me wrong. But that shit, I love hearing stuff like that. Then Ian Gillen would later fucking sing for Black Sabbath. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Jesus Christ. 
That's funny. Nirvana opening up for Sonic. You get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, dude. Like you hear all that crazy I know, shit. I love hearing those stories, man. It's great. <laughs> Nobody knows. Um my neck or my last one or next one, whatever. Um, Studio six oh six. Um originally Dave Grohl's home studio that was later moved into, I believe it's Los Angeles. Is that the one with the documentary? That what back and forth? That's just his basement or his garage. Six oh six has been six oh six has been around since I believe one by one, or there's nothing left to lose. Everything I after that was recorded there. And it's one of those things where, you know, it has a really, really good drum room that I believe Dave Grohl copied from Sound City. Mm. And like basically modded, like modeled that room to be similar to that. Did he buy Sound City? No, he bought the board from Sound That's City. That's what he did. He yeah, he bought Sound the City. board. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but there, there's a few things like credited here. Um, you know, you had Ghost before they were actually Ghost. They were just called Ghost BC back then. Uh, Marty Friedman's been there. Stone Sour's been there. It's rushed to 2112. 40th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was remastered or something. Yeah. John um, Fogarty. Yeah, dude, like literally, it's like a who's who of like who's, like basically who's boys with Dave Grohl. And then speaking of Memento Mori. Yeah, Lamb of God uh, recorded the their self-titled, yeah. self-titled album there. <clears throat> and an uncredited one, but we know the story behind this. Allison Chains's reemergence or, you know, debut at um, William Duvall, Black is Way to Blue, half of it was recorded at 606. Where was the rest recorded, you know? That I don't know. It was probably recorded at like Sound City or some shit like that. Like it was probably like another Hollywood type I'm curious studio. How that works? Like if they're doing like full like half albums and then taking what the tapes over and then they do they remaster it in that studio. Well, to you keep think the everything's sound? digital now. Yeah, true. So it's like they just yeah. What I'm saying is they the go album. ahead and like master it at the finishing studio to make it all flow. Because I mean, yeah. Well, two, probably like, how like they two. recorded that album was Sean Kenny probably did all of his drums first. And then they they were probably like layering, and I think Dave Grohl needed the studio or some shit. So it was basically like, I'm Dave Grohl from Nirvana, you're Alice in Chains, without I'm up Lane, here, yeah. you're down here, and without Lane, you're like down here. It's unbelievable. So I need my studio back. Yeah, they basically treated them like stepchildren at that yeah. point. Like without Lane, it was like they're a whole new band. Exactly just coming up. Yeah, like you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know you don't even know what it's like. I've been through the trenches. I've drummed on Queens of the Stone Age. (laughs) You merely adapted. (laughs) I was born in the studio. Fuck out of here. I was born in the grunge. So sick of Dave Grohl, dude. But, um... I'll get a celebrity death match back. Dave Grohl versus Lars Ulrich. That would be fun (laughs) as fuck. Come on. Hook it up, Comedy Central. Yeah, right? Unbelievable. Um, so I guess to kind of conclude this, let's pull... One album. album from one studio. Yeah. So I guess you want to do your two and then my two. Or you want to go back and forth. Well, I was actually going to. So, I mean, dark side off Abby. But what I'm actually going to say is, is that Strange Days is probably <laughs> one of my favorite albums to begin with. Yeah. So I'm going to say Strange Days from your <laughs> studio just because you already established that you were going to pick that one. But. I would really narrow like Patty Smith horses is really fucking good, but I'd have to say dark side. Cause it's just the most iconic from Abbey road. And then yeah, strange days at a sunset. <laughs> it's that good. Um, 
I'm going to have to obviously pick Van Halen one yeah. from Sunset Sound. Um, 606, it's a toss-up between One by One or Land of God self-titled. I think I'm going to have to go with Land of God self-titled because it was the first band like that to record in that studio. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like you can't count Probot because that's not Lamb of God. And Ghost PC. Yeah, exactly. And like that Ghost wasn't even, they're not even scratching the surface of Heavy. They're just, I don't know, dude, because like an atmospheric type thing, they're heavy, but they're not like musically heavy. I would fucking get more energy uh, definitely from Creed before <laughs> listening to Ghost. Yo, I'll tell you what, though, dude. I saw Ghost Live. They put on a pretty good show. I hear show. this over and over They again. play a good and show. don't get me wrong. They look very theatrical in a sense that oh, they could bring that. Huge theatrical band. But also the same way I feel about, like, Marilyn Manson. Like, you're, I would, yeah. I'm not listening to your fucking music, dude. It's just not that good. <laughs> you know? I, I wouldn't put them in the same category as Marilyn I Manson. I would hope not. No. In terms of, like, theatrics. Oh, speaking That's, of which, you weren't here. Oh. Uh, what about the Marilyn Manson and Kanye West thing? We don't need to talk about. <laughs> that was like an opportunity for just re- resurgence into like the public eye and trying to like recreate their characters, especially Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that dude's career. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. You know, we don't need to get into all that right now. So what do you think? Is there better studios that we didn't bring up? Was Kanye West's Donda album the worst hip hop album of the year? <laughs> and disappointing. Was 606 not the best choice? Sunset Sound. Could I have picked something else? Do I have to constantly add Van Halen into every topic? Are you a Beatles fan? Get at us on our social media accounts. Facebook.com slash RATM podcast. Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast. YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream podcast because we have not received the subscriber account enough to get a custom URL. So please like, share, and subscribe. Help us out with that. And uh, as always, you can get us on our email, retmpodcast at gmail.com. It's all free. Yeah, it's all free. <laughs> so let's get into our suggestions for this week. Since you're freshly back, you're almost like a, it's almost like you've never been on the show before. You're like I know. new. I know. Let's let's take a second here. Like a virgin. If this was like six weeks ago, we'd only be scratching the surface of music history. I know. <laughs> I know. No, this is better though because it's kind of like more flowing, get more quick, concise. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. And you guys are witnessing it here, constantly evolving, changing. That's the thing. I've said it for a long time. This show is not scripted by any means. Like this shit is literally on. Yeah, the Yeah, I've been up since two a.m. Driving. <laughs> um, got here. Smoked a little bit and then said, what do you want to do? Pretty much it. Literally, as we were listening to the theme song. Topic. <laughs> Sorry. We're good with that. It works. My suggestion of the week. So, um, I've been listening to this uh, alternative, I would call them punk, but they're more like alternative, like kind of like modest, mousy type band, but they're more in the punk realm. But the name of the band is called Pup, P-U-P. Uh, the album is called Morbid Stuff. The song is track two, Kids, is the highlight track. Nice. Very good. Um, my suggestion for this week, actually, because I haven't done uh, this band in quite some time, I'm going to have to choose Van Halen's second release, Van Halen 2, and the song Women in Love. Mm. Because I feel like, you know, Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls get all the uh, hype from that. But um, Women in Love, I feel like, is a really, really good song. And... Uh, 
It's funny because I think about like the album suggestions we have. Like I'm dancing around like my favorites, favorites because that's like almost cliche. But then I think to myself like, is it really though? Because like, I mean, <laughs> this is like how I would think like, oh, he recommended a fucking album by Death. What a loser! Like that's all he listens to. But I was like, I haven't even recommended an album by Death. I don't. Yeah, think. exactly. It's crazy. You didn't even know I liked I'm, it. Like I'm trying to think. I think I've only recommended like, like there's so two many Van death Halen metal songs. bands that I have not recommended that I listen yeah. to like <laughs> on a motherfucking repeat. But some of this shit, like yeah, it's good. Like this, I happen to listen to today, so that's kind of usually when I make my recommendations. Is something <laughs> recent? Yeah, usually for me, it's like what have I listened to this week? Quick, I need to come up with a suggestion. Yeah, and also I have family members that listen to this, so I can't be like, hey, check out Anal Cunt. Yeah, exactly. Good man. Check out Infant Annihilator, yeah. Cunt Crusher. Check out Dying Fetus, Born in Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's funny. <laughs> so, it's just so weird that like we're getting to the like the outro of this show. I know. Like it's so like it, it's really weird. It feels good though cuz it's like Yeah. I'm still, but that's the thing, though, dude. I've I've never felt like our shows felt like forced to be as long as no. they were. They it just happened. That's what I'm saying. Even this you know? conversation probably could have gone on much longer once you brought up the Marilyn Manson thing. That studio conversation <laughs> could have turned into something real fucking different. Exactly. The on this day in music history was literally half of what it normally is. Yeah. George Harrison died. Taylor Swift is top of the charts. Speaking Who is Robbie? Studio- yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some aspects of this show that will not go away. No. So, once again, you can find us on social medias. Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast. Facebook.com slash RATM Podcast. YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. RATM Podcast at gmail.com. Get at us. Suggestions. Inquiries. You want us to interview your band, recommend your album. You want to play your music on our show. Yeah. As long as you don't have lawyers involved. <laughs> well, even so. Yeah, bring them on. Whatever. Yeah, we, we've had we've had people with lawyers. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. Yeah, that kind of sounded like a pyramid scheme set up. Like, don't bring your lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just forget I said that. You didn't respond. It's going to be like when we get those Instagram messages. Oh, yeah. Like, promote it here. They're going to be like, you didn't talk to Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast, yeah, yeah, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't talk to R-E-T-M-P, did you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, this is another episode of Rage Against Mainstream Podcast for the books. As always, I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening.